Welcome to Antique Dust Pop-Up Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique Antique Dust. And we have just watched, literally just, it's just, the Betamax is still rolling at the moment. Um, uh, the very, very, very first episode of The. Oh, we literally, literally, literally just watched it. Yeah, we literally, 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 literally. Yeah. Yes, the Betamax is still rewinding, but to get it back to Blockbusters or the corner shop. Yes. Um, so, The uh, was actually ha- rebooted sort of back in the sort of 2008s or something like that. But the original one came out in 1984. And it came out as a two-parter, wasn't it? So and we've watched the, the first, first part, part. Um, and it really stands up well. It so does, and it's so. It was set off a film and off a book. What was the name of the book? Well, it, um, it took its inspiration from a book from the nineteen thirties. Uh, it, it can't happen here, which was about the rise of a totalitarian race president in the U.S. and so on and so forth. And it was uh, it was ultimately based on the uh, the sort of the research, the sort of the popularity of the Nazisms in Germany. Yeah, I mean, it was about it was it was, it was imagining that you know it, it can't happen here. Yeah. was the name of the book, and it's very much about well, actually, you know what, it, it could happen here. Yep. So, and it does actually, with regards to what the political climate over in the Americas uh, is at the moment, it actually. That's a strangely parallel, really. Well, it does. It does. Res- <laughs> so it, it does. It does resonate. For those that have been under a rock um, and haven't been to the local VHS or Betamax store, uh, V is a sci-fi drama, and it is based where we have visitors um, that have come from outer space, and they're arriving with peace and. Um, so at first everything's happy and jolly. They seem very normal and they look very white and very human. Yes, they are all very white. Apart from one or two two that aren't, but well, they are very white. They are very, very white. Very white. And they have very, very sort of uh, very good uniforms, which are very stylish and very modern, as you would expect, as the 80s was sort of... Uh, probably using their inspiration from Buck Rogers or Battlestar Galactica where you've got sort of big shoulder pads and things like that but looking very sci-fi-ish um, so they they all arrive and people are like oh gosh this is really lovely and they want to share their technologies and sort of basically sort of come over to sort of share resources and because they they need their general excuses that they need to have what we class as waste, which will be helping their country or their world survive. Um, sorry, sorry, listeners. Jonathan just knocked the mic. I thought I'm very, very enthusiastic with it's my arms. Very enthusiastic. It is. It's amazing. And um, so ultimately, everything starts ticking on by. They're sharing. They've got all these nice little spacecraft, and they speak English. And uh, other people are they're integrating with society with working in these. Presumably, they speak other Housing. languages. Well, they are because I say the one that plays the actor that plays Freddy Krueger 
who plays one of the one of the aliens, he was meant to be going to somewhere speaking Arabic, oh, yes. and that's why his English wasn't very good. So he got transferred from going to the Arabic countries to going to to, to America. So his English isn't uh, isn't perfect. Um, I mean, there are, in fairness, it, it's incredibly well done. I mean, it's they're very tightly paced and. The, the creators of it are obviously utilising sort of some Jewish characters and sort of the Jewish characters are a little bit nervous and mm-hmm. so because they're well, old. Well, they can see the parallels. They, the, they, yeah. You know, the, the, there's the, the father or the grandfather. It's the grandfather who, who was uh, actually uh, uh, in the concentration, concentration camp. survivor. And uh, his wife died and they smuggled the child out, an eight-month-old child in a suitcase. Um, so it's it, there are some some great parallels there it's a little bit sort of dated in the regards to the cars and the te- sort of technology the modern modern technologies however if you take that out of it the script is really tightly paced um, you've got some really really cracking actors of its time thrown in there um, wasn't one of them one of them wasn't Midnight Caller was it that was, that was someone who the, the, the main protagonist Mark Singer yeah he, he wasn't the Midnight Caller was he he, no. he looks a bit like the guy that played the Midnight Caller yeah <laughs> with our impeccable research we don't know what his name is <laughs> but as I the, the general story really flows really nicely and it comes so at the midway part because it was two, it was a two parter um, that was created, I think it was about 90 minutes or something like that. And halfway through the two-parter, the sort of the reveal happens, and that's where the resistance the starts. And it's, it's, it's getting a, cu- a ragtail collection of mm. people So together. basically Michael, I think that's his name, isn't it? Michael, mm-hmm. played by Mark Singer. He is a, a, a TV journalist. Yeah. And he sneaks ab- on board one of the, the the ships and manages to get some footage of the aliens in their eating uh, guinea natural pigs natural in the, in natural, natural state so, um, so the lizards basically they're, they're lizards with with face masks on and uh, it's it it, it, that, it was incredibly well done i remember watching this when it came out on tv back in the 80s and i was quite I didn't. I don't do horror or anything like that, and I, I was quite reluctant to actually physically watch it because it felt a bit, a bit horrific, a bit horrific, and a bit not Johnny friendly. Um, however, I remember I went to a cousin's house and they, they were playing it, and I just got sucked in because it was, it was. There's a little bit of soapiness, soapiness, soapy drama. Um, however, it it does sort of it sweeps you away with. The, the, you've got a whole collection of stories um, and with, in this very, very first episode you've got the scientists that are being castigated and being told they're dreadful and the, sort of the human, some of the human race are turning against the scientists. Yeah. So, so in, in this story the, the scientists are a proxy for um, Jewish people Mm. in sort of 1930s 1940s germany yes so and it, it's it, and the, the parallels because obviously we're going through a bit of a well we are going through a pandemic at the moment and it does seem 
very, very similar to the people that are wearing masks for protection and protecting other people and the non-mask wearing people that are sort of castigating, let's get back to normal, let's get the economy going and, and sort of, and that general hatred. So it really, it's kind of spooky and it's quite, it's as much of a sci-fi thing, but the, the story themes are just as relevant today as they would be as as they were then sort of harking back to yeah. sort of the nazi regime yeah. etc yeah. i mean taking it you know taking its cue from it it can't happen here obviously the uh, not maybe not obviously but the, the the visitors are um playing the part of the of, of the nazis mm -hmm. perhaps though it can't happen here is is much more about um fascism gen more more generally rather than nazism specifically so it's about a fascist president who starts to um overturn the machinery of democracy in in the u.s and whether or not you see that as a parallel of what might be happening at the moment is entirely yeah up to you <laughs> um but really i guess to make the to make the story perhaps more palatable to a modern or 1980s american fascist regime are but aliens yes who eat guinea pigs yeah so they're guinea guinea pig eating uh lizard aliens <laughs> essentially <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> yeah i, I so these it really did captivate a nation when it first came out i i really do remember that because i remember there was all the toys that came out the v sort of v toys now v it, uh, isn't for visitors it's for victory well it's, it's for both isn't it v Vis for visitors but v for victory. victory um because the, the the ones which are trying to overthrow that regime um are using the v so uh, so the, the, the red v on there so it's quite an iconic look and it, it, i just thought i mean it, I normally these podcasts are all about the general nonsense and the fashions and what have you, and there are all the standard tropes of stand of the eighties fashion and fashionistas, and you've got the standard girl falling in love with one of the hot alien boys that's there, and you do actually feel that there but is. But she's the daughter of a scientist. She's the daughter of the scientist. And scientists are. Are not be, welcome. Are not welcome. I mean, scientists have to be restricted where they can go. Which, I mean, surely, say sorry. Anyone with a with half a brain would would think, okay, scientists say surely the scientists they should be sharing the knowledge with the visitors. Sorry, uh, sorry, listeners. Jonathan just whacked the sorry. the microphone. Yeah. Again. Uh, but you you would have thought uh, right, the scientists should be sort of sort of embracing the technology and. The, the, the visitors should be embracing the scientists and showing them how things work to make the technologies work. But rather than that, they're actually castigating them, saying, no, you're, you, you can't question our technologies. You can't question us. And that seems like really weird because they came down to share the technology. So I think that's where there's sort of a bit of a... Yeah, but don't forget that it's not... You know, it's, 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 it's specific scientists that are being targeted you know, it's biochemists. It's uh, it's um, you know the sort of doctors, the sort the sort of scientists who would be able to um, go. Hang on a minute. There's something weird about these these aliens. The anatomists. Yeah, 
So those are the scientists. I mean, it becomes science, science generally because clearly, as will, as will become obvious, it's all it's all lies, and the the visitors have no interest in sharing anything with anyone. They're about taking rather than giving. So it becomes scientists generally. But very early on, they start trying to eliminate the scientists who who might be able to reveal so something them off. something about the visitors before they have established their full control over the planet. And the uh, main protagonist, who the the the, um, the chap who's the video, sort of video journalist, um, he's videoed them. He's trying to get this on air to break the air, and that the visitors have stopped all press. Yeah. Though to be to be strictly accurate, it's actually the you know the the um, civil authorities that have that have done that. So they're very complicit in in what's in what's going on. And again, you know, there's a bit of a metaphor there about how politicians can fall in line behind something that seems very very popular. Yeah, and. I and don't forget we've got the Hitler Youth as well or rather the Friends of the Visitors the Friends of the Visitors so uh, which uh, and the, the again it, the parallels on this uh, and yeah, I, we're I, just I, a MAGA hat away we are it is it's just it's bonkers I mean normally I mean we've done we've done we did another sort of relatively series about the feminist the lives and loves lives and loves of a she devil life and loves life and loves of a she devil and this one again from a little bit of a nonsense sci-fi plots about alien visitors that are really lizards coming down um you've it's a, I, and it's that the battles and the, the the espionage and sort of the sort of factions that are within which are a really exciting sort of themes and quite nonsensey uh but the actual general overflowing theme of this is scarily accurate <laughs> with what's happening now and i just, it, it 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 really leaves a bitter taste in the mouth and i'm really surprised that because the budget was obviously quite high on this and they did the two-part drama series and then they span it off to uh, another tv series yeah so the, the two-parter ends with an a sort of I would say I don't. I don't know whether you would call it an ambiguous ending because it actually ends. We've not watched it yet, but I happen to know yeah. that, it, that it ends with very much the visitors being in control. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I presume it was left very much open for a continuation of the story. And then they did a continuation, and it was all the battles and the inner, inner politics within the alien race. Uh, and also the factions trying to overthrow them and stop them, and then the, the, the series got cancelled. And but they kept all the sets, and they they kept saying, "Oh, what, we're going to do a, a main movie." Uh, sort of a few years later, just to wrap things up. And then there was story there, there was a story arc of the so overthrowing the the power struggle of the. The, the, the aliens that have visited or the people controlling the aliens that have visited and apparently they were renegades against the sort of the, their main planet and then there was going to be a nonsense plot about something's hidden on earth that is a key to something else and but nothing took off and it seems quite sad that well i think you know but what you know, after after V, there came V, the final battle, which was actually the conclusion. 
right. to the story. So the story did conclude. Mm. Nonetheless, <laughs> it came back as a as as, as a weekly weekly series so a bit more soapy cashing in on its um popularity. popularity when perhaps maybe it should have been left actually with the conclusion that mm. the original creators um gave it because the the, the create you know the, the main creator left the production of the, the weekly series due to creative differences <laughs> and so on and so forth <laughs> but so it went on and i think it became a little bit more soapy and sort of episodic with regard is that, uh, and it, it was starting to fall into in line with regards to the tv shows like a team night rider that type of sort of uh, and the the final series of uh, battlestar galactica the original one where they, the kids go to earth and they've got superpowers which really failed dramatically because you only had a small small amount of a cast on Battlestar Galactica so it went a little bit off kilter but then they rebooted it and it was 2009 and that was cracking now, that was a really really good one and then that got cancelled as well but I think it's because it cost such a lot the sets the special effects everything costs an absolute fortune I mean it's because in America they can't they don't seem to be able to do cheap sci-fi i mean we've got bbc why, why, why would you want them to do cheap sci-fi? well that's all right it, because it's a, it, it it is a lot of the stories that come in that i mean look at look at the bbc bbc churned out doctor who on a real low budget and they created something wonderful and what was the other one that they oh blake seven again really 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 low budget but it's captivated and it went on for so long but, but would you watch it now? Well, we are have, we are going to be watching. Well, we are going to be watching. It, yes, we, but that's that's for professional purposes. Yes, that's but, professional. But purposes. otherwise, would you would you sit down and watch a a piece of nineteen seventies low budget? Well, we have. Sci-fi. We watched the, we watched the changes. We yes, watched know, the Children of the Stones. Are, these are well. Well, hold your horses there. We're not talking about you're, you're what we're talking about different things. Then when you're talking about Children of the Stone and the changes, you know, they may or may not have been actually the, the changes was probably a surprisingly higher budget than you anticipate. Really? But they weren't sci-fi in the sense that they didn't have spaceships, no. they didn't have effects, and okay, Tomorrow People, that was very low budget. It was. And that was that's great, and that's captivated. They've done three reboots on that. No, yeah. oh, no, was it, no, was it three or two? Yeah, but uh, that's on the strength of the stories, not on the strength of the but, special uh, effects. But the thing is, I think that's the key thing with with V. You've got the spaceships, and you've got the the big, sort of the, the the big image thing. Yeah. And we can do a. And those could, effects actually do really do show their age. So that's something we're not really talked you, about. No, but you can. But you know, you, it's a bit. Sh- they shaky are, in places. They are a bit clunky, but they would have cost an absolute fortune to create. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And you've, the technology has come along, so you can actually do a lot. But I think late 2000s, it was still quite, ex- it's still very expensive. It's still expensive to do. Yeah, and I think with America, they don't really, they, they just throw, it's only going to be good if they throw so much money at it. Whereas it doesn't necessarily need to be that one. I mean, the themes and the stories that if you I mean, if you read the sort of the fan fanfic and all that sort of stuff and also the themes of what stories could have happened 
that that was pitched but didn't get picked up because it felt like it would be too expensive when you can produce something like the a-team where you've got, you've got a transit van and um, or a night rider you've yeah. got a few trans and things that's like that why, that's why soap operas are, are so popular with because television they're cheap networks to make. Yeah. because they're cheap to make whereas Downton Abbey for example oh, costs an absolute arm and a leg and that doesn't have any special effects in it it's the costume fair it's the costumes it's the, the production values that's the actors it's the actors it's the, the locations you know that's what makes makes TV very very expensive However, you can do things cheaply. I mean, look, so people listen to podcasts like this one and many, many others. Do they? And they're, they're, they're cobbled together in people's spare rooms. Not by, ours, obviously. By, by, we, we, we've we got have, a professional studio, yeah, really. Absolutely. You should, you <laughs> yeah, should, I've got the lie there. You should see it. You should see <laughs> we've got studio. knobs flashing and yeah, everything. We've got lights and cameras and action. <laughs> you have no idea. But I think they. I think maybe they should revisit shows which they cancelled because it was costing them too much and revisit the budget because they don't necessarily need to have such a large budget when you can have a few set pieces which are really, really good and you don't have to spend an absolute fortune because the themes that were running through V were phenomenal and you've got... It, 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 it was a really... It had a, it's got a real tangibility of reality even though it's set in a like a sci-fi universe and i think they should maybe think rethink things like that because you're reading i'm reading all these things as sort of with regards to films that are coming out where they've spent 60 million or 80 million or they spent the most expensive 200 million and i'm just thinking yeah it's 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 sometimes it's a spectacle but sometimes i think it's now and i think now's the time to pair things back and tell the story rather than just show explosions and a, a, a big wow special effects which last about 90 seconds but cost the cost of what it would cost to create a, a series a, a tv series i suppose it's about what audiences want to watch isn't it i i think Do audiences want to watch the pared back plot driven you know, story driven stuff that you're talking about or actually Will 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 audiences still want to have the the Marvel Cinematic Universe flash flashbang, whatever going well, on? Well, look at the Marvels. They haven't. They, they've not. Ex although they are making back their money, they they do seem to be diminishing with the amount of money they're actually they are actually making. Um, they've got a whole fan base that are going going to see these things, but. They've, they've, they keep churning them out and just because they think like alright explosions this that and the other it's the plots are all going up a bit haywire and I think I think with this whole pandemic um, it has made people really readdress things their whole reality crap TV with like Love Island where we, and sort of the TOWIE and all that sort all of... All the things we don't watch, people. We no, don't we watch don't. Any no, of them. no. Honestly, uh, we don't. No, we don't. Um, but it, it, I think people are now looking for something else. And I think I think filmmakers can be so in innovative. I mean, the filmmakers are creatives. And they are, they've got such... I mean, they're creatives and they can create stories. But you don't have to have 
explosions and what have you to have a captivating story which really does have resonance i mean yeah, look, of course you don't no of, of course you don't you know that that i don't know but i would certainly presume that a, a large proportion the majority of movies don't have explosions and aliens and no. creatures from another world they, they tell they tell good stories and i think this is where netflix is doing really well because they're commissioning and they're they're producing films which are that which they're distributing through their the, through their streaming channels and some of them have 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 healthy healthy or overblown budgets but some of them don't and they are really really doing phenomenally well and they are making back the money and it's i think well we assume they are yeah. netflix is very tight-lipped about mm. about well, these, these things but we assume that they're that they're making money yeah I, but it I, it just feels like it's time to have things change where you've got tv series like v which really was a bit of a spectacle however when you look at the tv series when, and the tv series sort of which formulated from these two sort of this mini series um that was slightly cheaper made but the, i think people that it, were looking for more things at that point but now i think the stories of the sort of the, the people are being victimized and are fighting back and that those type of regimes it doesn't have to be hugely expensive i mean if i, I remember back um back in the 80s there was a tv series which was set uh, in world war Two, and it went on for about two or three series and it was about the about women who were sent behind enemy lines to infiltrate the sort of the, the the war zone as, I, as in Fra going to France and that was it wasn't hugely expensive but it captivated the nation when it came out and that sort of thing where you've got human stories you've got that type of sort of grit and determination and it was all set in sort of villages and yeah you may have had to rent a couple of tanks and <laughs> a few uniforms they could all get knocked on the door of hello hello uh, so, but I think, yeah, I, I just think storylines can go, so, so can be developed more and tell stories and get people to talk. And I think more, I think we need to look at more human nature stories with regards to, so, so I don't know, humanity, because I think this whole situation is, is becoming. I think, I think there's. I think it's reflective of society, really. I think when people are feeling uncertain, not feeling good, worried about health, the economy, the political scene, and so on, I think that's what can sometimes drive the growth in sort of fantasy, sci-fi, mm. real escapism. Um, so I, I, I just, you know, wonder what the appetite would would be for gritty, hard. Hard hitting. I'm not talking about like an Alan Bennett or something like that, but I'm just thinking you can set, set things in in the universe in a universe. I mean, it'd be really interesting to if someone could create. I mean, look look at the Blair Witch Project. I must say that was a bit shaky, but that was well, it was shaky. It was, it was it very was very deliberately shaky. It was, shaky. it was deliberately shaky. But you've got something like that which t told a story. It had a really good narrative, and people were captivated, and it made bucket loads back because the story was captivating, and it was trying to unlock the code of the movie 
So with, with things like that, you can do it. It'd be really interesting to see if anyone could create a blockbuster movie, blockbuster sci-fi movie on a low budget. I mean, look at Star Wars. Star Wars was done on a very, very low budget in the 70s. And he knew what he wanted. And he had all the actors doing everything. And I think they were spending, there was, uh, there was a, I read a story, there were, the Star Wars set was filming the sort of the adventures of a window cleaner next door, which was like a sex, bawdy sex com comedy. And oh, that, those were the days. But, and the budget for the bawdy sex comedy was higher than Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> and that's why there was a big gap between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, and, but when they did Star Wars, they didn't create any of the special effects. And that's why there was an even bigger gap between the original trilogy and the the the, the prequel because tri trilogy because George Lucas didn't want to to do it until the technology was was there to to do it in the way that that he wanted. And why he spent so much time and effort re uh, reshooting all the, the, the special effects for the original trilogy as well and updating them because he wasn't happy with what it with looked the like. with the original special effects. But I think that makes it part of its charm and that makes it what was popular the how it was so popular. Well I think there's, there's people, lots of people would argue that the that the special editions didn't actually really improve anything particularly. No. It, it is it, that was probably more of a vanity sub a vanity project for George Lucas. But I, 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 I it'd be, it would be interesting if someone went and did that anyway. But going back to V, it's... Oh, yes, V, sorry. V, we were yeah, talking about V, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, we're, so we, we've meandered a little bit too much. But it, it is of its time, but it's also very... The, the themes and the story are, are very, very valid in today's society and to today's political pandemic crisis that we are currently in. Um, and... The visuals are great and the storytelling is phenomenal and the script is really really tight and you know exactly who's who within just a couple of sentences yeah of them you know speaking. you know the goodies you know the baddies yeah and you know the ones that are oh, either one thing or the other yeah you, you can you can you can you can sense that anxiety and i think that was it it, it was just so I, I was really surprised because it's well, how old is it? It's it's thirty odd years old. Was it 84? 84, 84 It came out. So it's thirty six years old, and the script was it's almost as old as me. Mm, nearly, yeah. Nearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull that face. But I, I imagine if they reshot that today, they could probably use that exact same script. More or less, I think. I yeah. don't. I don't. I, I, if they did a re if they did a reboot based on a scene for scene thing, um, but did a little bit of an update, and I bet they could do it for a lot cheaper than they did back in eighty four, with if, if they use use sort of special effects and green screen and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, wh which makes it a bit sad that when the reboot came out, because we w did watch the the reboot of V on two thousand, I think, think two thousand nine. I think I'll have to take your word for it because I've zero recollection of it. Uh, we were living in Manchester at the time. There was a lot of alcohol yeah, consumed. That, that doesn't really make <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't help. But I mean, that was really good. But again, that got cancelled because the budget was too high and it didn't have the instant rating success as they, they thought. But 
looking back at it now it's a it is really good and again it's with that sort of thing they'll they'll, they'll say all right we'll do a tv movie do this that and the other and it just doesn't happen and it's sad really because it has got a massive massive fan base so anyway that is our little summary yes for i think we've witted the, on we've witted on for, for far enough. too long um our next podcast that we're doing is for our feeder then pet why i why i so pet. uh we'll be back to general pop-up podcast nonsense and uh this is jonathan signing off from antique dust and this is rob saying ta-ta for now bye-bye Bye. You have been listening to an Antique Dust pop-up podcast.